Hello, everybody, and uh, this week on the podcast, I have Jack Jostis on from Ramblin Jackson, and we're going to talk about uh, a lot about marketing in this new economy, and also talk about things like adding pricing to websites, and uh, we actually even have a um, a gentleman who reached out and asking about paid ads on Google and Facebook if it's really worth the investment. We're going to unpack that as well, so you're not going to want to miss this episode. Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, I hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we're passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow, and through my 25 years of dirt under the nails experience, I look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Now, let's get on with the show. Well, welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow. Uh, this episode is brought to you by Yes Express, where we teach you how to get more yeses with less stress. Today, we have President and CEO of Rambling Jackson back on the show. He's the author and host of the Landscaper's Guide to Modern Sales and Marketing podcast. His name is Jack Justice. What's going on, Jack? Hey, Josh. Thanks so much for having me back. Good to be here. Yeah, absolutely, dude. So I wanted to bring you back on the podcast and to start talking a little bit about what's going on out in the marketing world. I know this is your bread and butter when it comes to the landscaping space, especially. What should our listeners be doing, thinking about all that stuff as economies are changing and they hear all these scary thoughts of interest rates and inflation and all that, and some are feeling no bump. You know, they're like just kind of like they're holding on. Others are still have feel no issue with all what's going on in the world. And some are struggling to find work. So tell me a little bit about what you're seeing out there in the world from a marketing perspective and guide us through this. Yeah. You know, so at the time we're recording this, it's October 10th, 2022. And, you know, it varies. I have clients all over the country and some of them are not seeing a decrease in leads or in business closing or in revenue. Um, and then I have some some clients who are who who are noticing more pressure. I know personally, I'm I'm certainly noticing inflation when I buy basic stuff like groceries mm-hmm. or cl- clothes for my kids or hiking boots. I want I've had my eye on some hiking boots that are like forty dollars more than they were a few months ago. You know, so I think we're we're seeing inflation and it's impacting people's personal finances significantly. One of the things that I am seeing, though, is still a, a, a lot of demand for landscaping, a lot of mm-hmm. demand for landscape design, build, maintenance. I'd say most of my clients are, are 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 noticing it, but they're still seeing a healthy amount of demand. And before we started recording, one of the things that you mentioned, and then we ended up looking at, at Google Trends, and I'm going to share my screen in case this makes its way into the video content. Um, so Google Google Trends is is a cool tool that you can use to see trends for searches on Google. And I'm looking over the last five years, um, the searches for landscape design, there was a big increase in 2020 mm-hmm. and in 2021. Yep. And one of the things that happened during that time was the shutdown of our economy and um, the shutdown of travel. So people were staying home, that this whole shift to work from home increased. People weren't traveling. They had more of the money that they were gonna spend 
on travel, they now were just saving. Like I, for instance, had three weddings I was going to go to and I didn't, right? So I saved a lot of money. And then there was all of this stimulus money and some people got the PPP loans and there was, right? So there was kind of, I feel like the the demand for landscape design services was artificially increased or at least accelerated. Maybe people were going to buy landscaping two or three years from now, but now, okay, well, I guess we can't travel and we have the stimulus money. We, why not spend it now? Yeah. So, so, so when we look at then the trends for this year, for 2022, the peak in the spring for searches of landscape design was lower than it was in 2020 and 2021, but it's kind of back to normal. It was back to like where it was before the pandemic. Yes. So I think it, like when we compare the demand for landscape services right now in fall 2022, it, it is probably less than the peak of during the pandemic and it is it is maybe back to normal and then also right then there's the whole inflation thing that we can't ignore <laughs> so i think it's just important to kind of look at that and take a step back and look at like i like to look at like fi a 5 year period and when i when i do that mm -hmm. with many of my clients who have been in business for a long time and they've also had their sales and marketing working for them during that time period, they're saying, yeah, it's decreased, but it's kind of back to a normal level. Yeah. That's the same way we're feeling here in Pennsylvania. <clears throat> you know, it's with my design managed practices, obviously 2021 was, was off the charts. You know, everybody got off the charts. It's crazy. And I know a lot of people started <clears throat> businesses during that time to feed the demand, which is amazing. We've been in business. I've been in this industry over 25 years, so I've seen the ups and downs, but your chart says it beautifully, you know, that we had a big bump in that 2021 timeframe. Everybody was home and they all hated their backyards at the same time. And then uh, now they're back to being more free flow and they can spend their money in a lot of places. So things are kind of normalizing. Now, interest rates are not going to be super helpful, but, you know, there's still plenty of equity and people are still working. You know, when well, they talk about recessions, yeah. it's usually mm -hmm. different. Usually they're on a tie in employment. No one has any money. That's a whole different animal. This is a different bird right now. So we it, we're all kind of just watching it. Yeah, it is different because people are working. Um, the the interest rates thing in in I, it'll be interesting to see how that impacts landscaping, because on one hand, um, a home equity line of credit is going to cost a lot more than it mm -hmm. would have two years ago when we had ridiculously low interest rates. Yeah. And on the other hand, the real estate market is cooling down. People are not moving as much. Yep. And, it, and it could mean that they're going to stay and enhance their home. It could, you yeah. know, it, you know, it, mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see how, how the interest rates, how much of an impact they have. I think, I think they're going to have a big impact where I, I'm hearing from, I have clients in other trades outside of landscaping. So the, the ones who are in more, home improvement, interior, exterior remodeling. I think people are more likely to use home equity lines of credit for those projects. Mm -hmm. And they are, they are noticing, I'd say an even bigger decrease in demand. Yeah. That's, yeah. So that's, yeah, I guess it's just a matter of the, 
the the buying public getting more used mm-hmm. to higher rates, right? They've been so drunk on cheap money for so long and high equity in their homes. Now to borrow the same amount of money and to see the payment be much higher for the same thing, it's going to take a little while mm-hmm. for that sting to go away. In 06, it was these rates. We were at 6 7% back then. You know, my parents bought a house back in the 80s. They were at 12%, and that was good, right? We right. just got so used to cheap money that people are now getting like, oh, my God, it's cost so much more. But eventually it starts to normalize, just like the price of fuel. People didn't just stay home and hunker down and start walking everywhere. They just got used <laughs> to, you know, managing the fact that it's 4 or $5 a gallon for gas, depending on where you are. And you just kind of get used to it after a while. And that's what it, we're going through that process of getting used to it. Right. Yeah. I think that's a good point when we, when we factor in the eighties, right. When we look at a 30 or 40 year period, the interest rates are low compared to what they have been at one point for my parents too. I think they were, yeah, North of 12% um, on their first mortgage. They were happy to get it. (laughs) And they were, they were stoked to get it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Crazy, crazy. So, so I know obviously you're seeing some markets are getting hit, some markets aren't getting hit. You mentioned like the DC areas kind of, uh, you're seeing a bit of a slowdown there, but some of the bigger markets aren't seeing a slowdown yet. So walk me through some of the things that you're seeing in the market right now and what's your market, what a, a good marketing strategy might be for someone listening that wants to make sure they can take advantage of the times. Yeah, it was, um, you know, I have clients all over the country and I just, in, in a two week period had conversations with four clients in the DC area or at least in Virginia. Um, and then a couple potential clients and yeah, for some reason they were all saying that they had really noticed a decrease in demand an increase in price shopping and mm-hmm. then, and then largely an increase in, in kind of low ball unlicensed competitors, you know, so that was, that was the thing that may have been happening out there. And in any case, one of the things that's working well for my clients is, and something I recommend that I believe will, I I think this will become increasingly important as people are concerned with their budget is having pricing pages on your website. You know, a pricing page can, can help educate potential customers about the range for landscape services. And this does a number of things for, well, let's start with the the end customer, the homeowner, right? Because I don't think this is as relevant for commercial selling because they typically are more educated on price. They might already have a budget. They may Mm -hmm. have an RFP. But a homeowner, you know, if they're going to buy landscaping services, they may not have ever done it before. And they may not know, they might not know how much, they typically do not know how much things cost. And so by sharing pricing, it helps them create a realistic budget. So when they come to you, you can have a more informed sales conversation. Whereas if they're coming to you and in their mind, they're going to get a patio for $2,000. And in your mind, that same thing is $25,000, right? That creates a kind of a negative experience. Whereas if they come and they're like, hey, I read on your website that a patio can range from $15,000 to $70,000. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand that this type of paver material costs this and this costs this. And um, I hadn't thought about having a kitchen, but now I have, right? Now it's a more informed conversation. And I think that um, that's that type of transparency is going to, I think it's a trend that is going to become a norm within a couple of years here. Kind of like 
if restaurants, if you can't order online for takeouts from a restaurant in 2022, it's kind of like, really, what what's going on? Whereas just a couple of years ago, yeah. I didn't expect every restaurant to have that. COVID kind of accelerated that. I think that we're going to see that as a trend increasing. And one of the stories I wanted to share was I have a client who I posted this, this suggestion on my Facebook page. And I have a client who really resisted this idea about having pricing on the website because he's like, oh, you know, my competitors are going to steal the pricing or people are going to be scared away. And it took him like a year to warm up to this idea. And then within a few weeks of implementing it, he closed a $60,000 sale. And he said that when they were buying, the client said, hey, I chose you guys because you have a $10,000 minimum on your website. And I didn't want to work with any contractor that was taking any project that came to them. I wanted somebody who was going to be available to focus on my bigger project. I like so that. I, yeah. I, thought, I thought that was a win. And I think when people are more stressed financially, they're going to Google it. They're going to Google how much does landscaping cost? How much does landscape design cost? And when you are not the source of that, either your competitor is the source of it, right? It's not like they're going to stop Googling it. <laughs> they're going to Google it and they're going to find what Lowe's.com or mm -hmm. Home Advisor or um, HGTV. <laughs> HG oh my God. Yeah. Six HGTV. pack and a handshake for the weekend, right? We'll knock it out. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah. so now they, now they come in with misinformation, actual misinformation, yeah. right? <laughs> or at least information that is like way off. Um, and I'd rather be the source of that information because it creates that trust and it creates a ultimately a really qualified lead. Yeah, no, it's and you're educating them too. That's a big part. I know I've been kind of pushing back against that concept, but I believe that this market with people being more mind uh, focused on, um, you know, cost structure, can we afford it? Can we afford it? We're mm -hmm. not going to waste our time unless we know we're at least in the ballpark, right? So uh, this gives them the opportunity to kind of dip a, a toe in the water and see if it even makes sense. We've actually implemented something like that on the back end after they've worked through um, you know, our initial process, then we get into, um, you know, what is landscaping, what is outdoor living costs? And they go through this, this, you know, another process, they can see what different, how much different, uh, chunks of money will buy them so they can get a better sense of that because without that educated client, they're blind. I mean, we can't blame them. They don't do this all the time. You know, you guys out there listening, you're like, oh, it's landscaping. Mm -hmm. You might do this every day, but your clients don't, they, they, they work like crazy. They're, they're family people. They're, you know, trying to live their life. And the last mm -hmm. thing they really realize is what the hell landscaping or patios or decks or pools will even cost. They have no idea. They do it once or twice in a lifetime. So we have to be that conversation with them and you've got to pick it up in your, your sales conversation with them. Make sure you know what budgets are and make sure they're realistic upfront. Don't waste your time. Don't think your magical personality is going to open up their checkbook and other six figures. It's not going to happen, right? They need to have those expectations set up front and deliver them at the end. So um, I like that. Well, and yeah, I agree with what you said. You know, they're not going to just magically open up the checkbook and, and know how much it's going to cost. And I also think that you can have some grace here, meaning you, you can have ranges that are yes. very, very generous. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and it's nothing that you wouldn't tell someone over the phone anyways. A lot of people get really stressed out about this, but it's probably maybe just record yourself talking about it with a customer sometime and transcribe it because it's going to, well, contractors always come to say, Jack, I couldn't create a pricing page because it depends. Mm. And I say, well, what does it depend on? And it's it's usually the same thing as, oh, well, how big is the yard? How big is the patio? 
Um, how many square feet? What material are we using? Yeah. Um, are we doing electrical? Are we doing so they they already they you already have the list of it depends. It's what's going to be in your proposal. And when you put that on your website with ranges of, you know, lighting can range from X to, to Y. And here, yep. here are some yep. examples. Here's a photo. Um, one, one other thing you can do is just look at a photo of projects you've done. What is a $50,000 project yep. and why? What, what's a $100,000 project and why? And uh, that, that, can, that can usually be enough to at least help people, at least weed out people also that, that are coming in with a $500, with a $50,000 expectation for a $500 budget. Yep. Yep. 100%. And you know, you're spot on with that. When you do ranges, guys out there listening, when you do ranges, you can be very open to that. You could say this is $25,000 increments, 50,000, 10,000, whatever your spread is, is fine. Mm -hmm. But make sure you're shooting a, a, a wide spread so that if it is a very strong incline in the back and you need a retaining wall that you can still kind of fall between it. If it's something flat, then you might be on the bottom side of it, but don't try to nail it to $51,352. Like, don't try to do that. That doesn't work. You're going to shoot yourself in the foot constantly. But if you said, you know, 50 to 75,000 for this, Okay, mm -hmm. cool. People are like, all right, I'm either in that range or I'm not. It's really very simple. The $500, I thought I could get it for 500 bucks to a thousand bucks. They're just going to bounce right off your website, which is what you want to filter, get them out right before they waste your time. Love it. Yeah, no, absolutely, dude. So are there any different, uh, I know that there's a big mix within the, the market right now, but are there any new tips you're seeing, different strategies you're implementing in the marketing side to help your, you know, your people um, become more efficient and more profitable while they're marketing? Well, a, a lot of it is the these things like the pricing page is a huge efficiency boost mm -hmm. because um, one of the challenges I see is when contractors are spending a ton of time with unqualified prospects and, and they're finding they're getting to the budget part of the conversation very late in the conversation, sometimes even after driving to somebody's house and meeting with them. Yep. And so I think the the more you can help people understand the process, the steps of becoming, you know, of of building their landscape and the the budget, this the 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 more efficient you'll be. So one of the one of the key steps that that has been working from a sales process standpoint is a scheduled phone call. So having a, a phone call with people and then sending them some things before that phone call, like a process page mm -hmm. and a pricing page. So that way on that call, you can say, Hey, you know, I wanted to just review a couple of things with you, our, our rough um, price range and the, an overview of our process. Have you had a chance to look at our price ranges? Oh yeah. If, yeah. if you send them that they will devour it. Right. And yeah. now if you give them brackets, you can, you can say, so which um, which price range did you think you were in? Yeah. Oh, we think we're in price range two because we don't want a fire pit and we notice that the really expensive ones have a fire pit or whatever it is. So that, that's been a huge efficiency boost is like kind of integrating the sales process into the website. And yeah. so that way they've already read about it and now we're kind of just doing what we told them we were going to do. We're going to have a conversation about X, Y, and Z. That that combined with online scheduling for that phone call has worked really well. So 
Um, I have a, I have a, a couple clients who are north of 6 million in revenue and they have multiple departments. They have a commercial department. They have a maintenance department. They have a, de- a high-end design build department. And then they also have just like a, a landscape installation department. And what we've done is we've automated. If you select commercial, you see the calendar for their commercial salesperson. Got it. And instead of the call coming into the front desk and them saying, oh, you need this. Let me give, they were literally, I mean, I've got sticky, I use sticky notes here too, but <laughs> you know, literally saying, great, I'm going to give a sticky note to Carl and Carl will get back to mm-hmm. you. And meanwhile, Carl's out in the field at a job site. He's doing an estimate the next day, four days go by before Carl gets the sticky note, right? Um, if we can have Carl's calendar synced with our system, we can just book a, book an appointment for Carl. Nice. Or if we do get a lead on the phone, we can say, hey, great, I understand you're looking for commercial. Um, the next step is a phone call with our commercial sales manager, Carl. I'm looking at Thursday. He has some openings between one and four. You know, do you have any openings for a 15 minute call during that time? Right. That can help shorten the sales process, make Carl's life easier. And then you can even automatically send the customer testimonials from commercial clients or um, Mm. if you have an intake form or whatever it is you need them to do. That's been a huge. I'd say efficiency boost is is getting on getting the company on the same page around that. That also requires though that Carl keeps his calendar up to date. Correct. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep, that's a but huge that's one. <laughs> also a good thing from 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 a yeah. from a communication standpoint within the company is like, all right, cool. Carl's going to be out at <clears throat> you know the Costco. He's doing a Costco sale and he's going to be there for three hours like cool he has it on his calendar it's not even available now in the online scheduling i love that and do you have a certain app that you're using for that uh, visibility that you could recommend to our listeners Mm -hmm. that they might be able to integrate something like that yeah there there are a few tools out there one of them is calendly another Mm -hmm. one that that i prefer is called schedule once and i use it myself in fact i think you may have used it to come on my podcast, right? <laughs> or it's maybe possible, we emailed yeah. about that. I think we emailed, yeah. maybe we just emailed. But um, I, I prefer schedule once. And the reason I use that is it has more advanced customization for what's called conditional logic. So when I just went through like, do you want commercial and you want to see this calendar? Do you want residential and you see this calendar? Mm-hmm. At least when I when I started using Schedule once a couple of years ago, it had, I'd say, superior customization. Got it. Well, that's super helpful, especially for different departments. But just the, the concept of having an automated schedule like that, that either someone in your office is looking at so they can see the gaps in your schedule. That's really what it does, right? It's a gap finder. And mm-hmm. uh, in your schedule, as long as you're keeping an up-to-date schedule on Apple, you know, iCal or, or you're in Google Calendar, wherever you're at, as long as you're keeping it up-to-date and you're spacing that schedule, it'll try to populate it. And that's the cool part about it because you don't have to. You could send a link to your people, you know, to your clients. You can send a link <clears> to <throat> other people. Just like when we book podcasts like this, we send out links and then you find something that works for you and next thing you know, it'll populate it's in your schedule automatically as long as you keep your schedule as well and it's it does take a little bit of discipline but man is it a time saver holy moly and then to reschedule's cake so that's really the cool part about it all well and 
you know, a cool story was I, I was um, interviewing one of my clients to help me with my own landscaping and their sales manager was at my house. And at the end of the meeting, I've worked with them on their sales process. I knew I needed to schedule a meeting with them to, mm-hmm. you know, review designs with them. And they, he pulled up his calendar and he said, Hey, I got to tell you something really cool. After this, I have a scheduled phone call with a new potential client. And the cool thing is, is he had been on vacation for a whole week and he came back and that appointment was just on his calendar, right? right? He, he didn't come back to a pile of sticky notes of people to call. He had, he had an appointment on his calendar. Yep. And so it can really alleviate a lot of that stress, especially if you're running your own business and you're, maybe you are the sales department and you are the project manager and you are everything. Mm-hmm. It's stressful and it's stressful to take time away from your business. And I think having the online scheduling just gives you some some additional time back. Maybe it's even an hour a week or two that you'd spend emailing people. That's a lot when you're working 80 hours a week. If we can get you to 79, that would be pretty cool. Absolutely. And that hour could be spent with your kids or your family, you know what I mean? Or working on your business, right? There's just so many things you can do with that time. And, you know, the goal is to automate as much as you can and not to replace the human function of the sale, right? It is so important for the human, you know, for humans to speak and to listen to tonalities of voice and all like that. That's a a non-negotiable, but certain things like scheduling things can be done through an automation that most people actually want. They, They want that freedom of looking at their schedule and getting all that and their own time as opposed to you trying to email back and forth. So anybody out there that's not using some kind of, you know, either to schedule once or Calendly, look into it. It's very simple. They're very cheap. You will have to be disciplined to keep your schedule lined up, but uh, it's it's a game changer. I mean, it is absolute game changer. Love it. That's awesome. So uh, any of the thoughts you have uh, about, you know, how we're moving into a different world here, higher interest rates, and then we kind of bounce a couple of ideas off. Anything else you're seeing out there that's interesting in the marketing or sales side before we bounce into the next segment? Well, one thing that I think will continue, it's and it's similar to people Googling pricing or being price sensitive is is reviews, right? So Mm -hmm. if I have less money to spend, but I still want to buy something, I'm going to do more research and I'm going to make sure that I feel like I'm investing my money with a company that's going to deliver quality. And that's where online reviews, I, I believe have always been important. And I think they're just going to continue to be important, right? If I have Mm -hmm. less money, but I'm still going to spend it, I'm going to I'm going to do more research and those those reviews. So as an example, I need to get a I need to get a mold test done. Mm-hmm. And so I I luckily I have a client who's a, a they're a restoration company and I was like, "Hey, who do you work with for your mold tests?" and he texted me somebody and the first thing I did was Google them. Yeah. Yeah. I Googled them and they have a 4.8 star average on Google. Their website checks out. Cool, done. I've I've made the mistake of just blindly trusting referrals from people to have a negative mm-hmm. experience. And then I Googled them afterwards and they were like, it was like, duh, they have a three-star average from like 25 people. Like, <laughs> who cares that they yeah, were referred? You know, like I don't care that they were yeah, referred yeah. by somebody. In fact, now I need to call my referral and be like, hey, these people kind of suck. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So, so that's the don't, marketing don't be telling tip. people about them. Yeah. 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 So the, the tip here I think is to keep your focus on reviews. 
And in particular in fall, if you're wrapping up your peak season of installations and things, this is a good time to reach out to people and call them and mm-hmm. say, hey, it's Joshua. I wanted to see how is your how is your patio? Have you guys have you had a chance to grill? Cool. Hey, I'd really appreciate it if you'd do me a favor and and write a review on Google. Could you help me out with that? Mm-hmm. You know, awesome. I'm gonna send you an email. I'd really just appreciate your help, Jack. Thanks. Yep. Okay, cool. Like great reason to call people, check in, and why not personally ask them for a review? Um, reviews impact your ranking on Google. This is like one of the few things that Google tells us on their website about how local SEO works. They say reviews impact ranking on Google. So it's like, if they're telling us that, we should pay attention. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I love that. And, you know, the world now buying from Amazon, pretty much everything, right? I mean, I, I, I don't really go to the store. I used to go to Lowe's all the time. I love going to that store and buying stuff. And I'm like, now if I need a box of nails... I just have it, you know, Amazon didn't just shot in next day. I'm like, this is perfect. I don't have to leave my house. I'm too busy to drive around, right? The simplest yeah. things I'll be, I'll be looking for. And I'm like, I normally go to the store, but hell no for free shipping tomorrow. Why the hell would I not do it? So, but the first things I look for, Jack, I'm sure you do the same thing when you're doing that is, okay, if I'm picking a product between a bunch of products, I'm thinking, all right, right well, which one has the best reviews, right? I'm looking <clears> for the highest amount of reviews. So if all those people trusted it, there's a high probability that I'll like it too. So it's, yep. it takes the risk out of my purchase. And it's the same thing you're talking about with our services, that if we're not getting those reviews, other ones, other people, when they're searching out your company and you don't have a lot of reviews, you're going to look like you're not great, even though you might be awesome. <clears throat> if other people mm-hmm. aren't saying it, it isn't real, unfortunately. Right. Well, and, and most people, many contractors will say that, you know, word of mouth is their best source of business. Mm-hmm. Um, I see the online review as like proof of that really yeah, is, 100%. you know, and if you, if you are getting those referrals, those people, if asked would likely write a review for you. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other thing about that is we all likely do this. You probably sort by the negative reviews They're like, all right, you've got a 4.5 average, but there's 20 negative reviews. I want to see them. I yeah, want to read them, you know, so, so you look <laughs> what for they those. Say? And um, this is also a good time of year to look back at your reviews and maybe you have some negative ones. It's actually Mm -hmm. okay if you reply to them. And if you're not a jerk when you reply, if you're Mm -hmm. like, hey, you know, Larry, thanks so much. We apologize for the delay in our timeline um, or whatever happened. If you acknowledge their concern and then leave your phone number and offer to call, great. Okay, cool. The owner replied and was a decent human about it. Yep. Now, on the other hand, if you don't reply, it looks like you don't care about your customers. Yep. Um, and equally as bad, I don't know which is worse. If you have a negative, snappy, defensive response, it's like, oh, this is how they respond when there's an issue. Like, forget these people. So I, yep. I look at them as like a PR opportunity of like, show people what do you do when you and your humans are human and screw up. Um, well, so, I love that, dude. So, yeah, yeah, you're spot yeah, so, on. You know, and I and I was looking at, um, and it, and it's easy, especially during the spring and summer when you're slammed. Maybe a review slipped through the crack that you didn't respond mm-hmm. to, so that can be a good fall thing to look at. No, I totally agree, dude. And you're right. I honestly think that bad reviews are an amazing opportunity to showcase you. 
right? The, the, the company, because that's the first thing you look, if you looked at, uh, someone had 300 reviews that were all five star and they had one, one star, which one are you going to look at? Right. You're, it, it's human nature to want to go look at what that was about. And when they say like, oh, he didn't show up, he was overpriced. He was cocky, whatever, like some kind of review that wasn't great. You then have the choice, as you mentioned, right? You have the choice of going in there and being some idiot and saying, you know, Mrs. Jones, you're paying the neck, your dog crap all over the yard. I didn't want to do the project. You were late. You didn't have a budget. Like you can sit there and just slander all you want. But the next person, trust me, it, it's tempting, but it doesn't make sense. You got to empathize with them and say, Mrs. Jones, I totally understand. Maybe it didn't work out that way. Maybe we can have a phone call or something like that because others are going to read it and say, oh, wow, they seem like normal people. Like they, they, they're humans. Things happen. But when right. you go at them trying to show the world how awesome you are, that's going to not play well for you in the future. But when you go with the empathy and you try to fix a situation, you get an opportunity for your true nature to shine. And others are going to look at that and be like, bad review, that's great, but look how awesome they are. So, or to your point, if you say nothing, then you're kind of admitting guilt, you know, so it's like, okay, I don't want to say right. anything about that. And that right. looks bad too. So just go in there and write something and, you know, empathize first and say, oh, I sorry, Mrs. Jones, sorry, it didn't work out the way you wanted it to. Uh, don't make a ton of excuses. Just say, look, I'd be willing to make it right. Just reach out to me, as Jack said, or something to that effect. And other people are going to be like, wow, okay, they're cool. Like things happen. They get that. As long as you're going to make right by it, they're going to be cool with it. And if they're complete idiot clients, and I've had those, and I've had them leave reviews, you just come at them, you know, with the most common, actually, I, I tell people, and if you have these uh, reviews on your your website or on Google, reach out to me. I'd love to help you with the wording of this, because this is so much fun to do. And in a great way, <laughs> you'll actually get more clients this way, because they're going to know that you're good people. Now, if you're listening to this and you aren't a good person, don't bother reaching out to me because I'm not going to help you make people look like fools, but I can help you spin it around and make it an asset for you instead of a liability. So if that's something that you have, just reach out to us here and I'll be more than happy to help you with that. It's a simple process. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I agree. Having a, an outside party can be helpful because, yeah. You know, especially if you have uh, Google Maps on your phone and you get a little notification like, hey, it feels great when you get a five-star review, yep. right, from a client. You're like, yeah, right on, go team, everybody. And then it can really hurt when you get a negative one. And and it and yeah. you can take, you, like, you probably, if you're probably, if you don't feel anything, you're probably Dead. in the wrong line of business, <laughs> right? If you don't, you know, like yeah. if you don't care about it at all, like, yeah. uh, that's a problem. So yeah, having, having yeah. somebody else look at it or, um, make sure you, you know, and if you can use humor in there too, I think it really helps. Sure also, is. if you have reviews that are years old, this happens with me with, when I am onboarding new clients all the time, we go through the reviews. I'm like, we got to acknowledge that we took three years to reply to this review. You know, mm. dear Josh, we apologize for taking three years to respond to your review, right? Because like <laughs> the customer first, yeah. is there, yeah. they are going to notice that. And if we don't acknowledge it, it's like, are you really paying attention here? Yeah, you know, exactly. thanks so much. We had an internet outage for three whole years. Or, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, you know, yeah. So <laughs> I don't think they're going to buy that one. Right. So I like that. No, but it's important guys. Reviews are super important. It's a great way you can ask people. We've tried to incentivize people to do that and give them a thank you for writing reviews. We didn't find much more value. They didn't find much more value in it because we got about the same amount after we tracked it. So really just reaching out with a phone call, stopping by with a little basket of wine and saying, guys, look, we finished this project. Thank you for choosing us. Would you mind 
writing us just a quick review, something simple. It helps us find, it helps other families just like yours get something like this for the family to grow up in, the kids to grow up in. So, you know, if that you can find that in your heart, that'd be amazing and mean everything to us. And that kind of a, that kind of a, a delivery, that's how you'll get reviews. Some people just don't write reviews, right, Jack? I don't care how much you ask, how great a job you did. They just don't do it. But well, others, so, well, I will. Yeah, I think you're right. So there, there's a couple reasons for that. And, and one of them is technical. Um, and, and technical meaning not everyone has a Gmail account. So you need to have a Google account to write a Gmail or a Google review. That's right, and yeah. so if you have clients who use Hotmail or Yahoo or whatever, they're probably not going to create a Google account to write a review for you. Mm-hmm. Right. And they'll, they just won't do it. So that's one of the reasons we recommend using a review software for first party reviews. So first party reviews is when they write it directly on your website and the program we use then also pushes them to write it on Google. But if we only go for Google and they don't write Google reviews because they don't have a Google account, we'll never get anything. So I think that's it. And then some people just, yeah, they don't, they don't write reviews. They're just not going to do it. They're private people. They don't want people to know or Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever reason they have. So if I, if, if I'm a um, contractor and I want my clients to post in one place, like the most important place to get mm-hmm. reviews, where would you suggest they do it? I would say Google. And, yeah. and the, the, the reason is word of mouth or, you know, a lot of people um, will say that, that their vehicle wraps generate a lot of business. Oh, we, mm-hmm. we get a lot of word of mouth because people see our vehicles and our, our team is in uniform. What are people going to do? They're going to Google you. They're going to Google your business name. Even if they get word of mouth. Oh yeah, you got to work with Johnson Landscapes. Okay, they're going to Google Johnson Landscapes on their phone just to get your phone number and those reviews yep. will will show up there. So that would be yep. Yep. at this time while Google has the monopoly on search I would I would I would focus there. Makes sense. And plus, when they see those reviews, when you're Googling Johnson Landscape, it just reaffirms their great decision. And that's really what it is, because that's all part of the buying process is that reaffirmation of a good decision being made. But mm-hmm. Jack, I could talk to you all day on this, but I'd like to jump into uh, one of our, our listeners sent in a question for us. And I thought it fit perfectly for our conversation today. It's Steve W. He writes in asking, um, are paid ads really worth it? Because they've been working with a marketing company and that marketing company is like, all you got to do is just put money, throw money at Facebook, throw money at uh, Google and you'll be fine. You'll get leads. What is your experience with just throwing money at those two big giants and uh, keeping your fingers crossed? Well, I, I've had a lot of experience with it, both advertising my own business, Landscaper's Guide and Ramblin' Jackson. I've, uh, I have experience managing the advertisements for landscape contractors and then I've also onboarded a lot of clients who were investing a significant amount of money in, into it. And I can tell you that across the board, I believe there's better use of dollars than paid advertising on Facebook and Google. One of, one of the reasons is that most people do not click on the advertisements in Google. Most people scroll past the ads and go to organic. As and they're going to, yep. you know, Same they're going to, they're, they, that's just true. I think it's less than 3% of all search, which is, this is amazing for a, I think $50 billion of revenue generated a year, right? For Google from like 
97% of the searches on it do not result in a click on it. So it's still, mm -hmm. it's not insignificant, but that includes searches for weather and who won the game last night, things that you don't really need to click on to anything to see that's included in all those searches. But, but back to, to landscapers, what I found is that people who click on those, if they don't spend a lot of time on your website, reading, looking at photos, and they just go straight for the kill and fill out the form, they're probably contacting a bunch of people yep. and they may be more price comparative than someone who's coming through a referral or organic search. Um, on, on Facebook, um, I have found the same thing. I do think that Facebook can generate a lot of leads for people, but typically it's in neighborhood conversations, uh, groups like Facebook groups. And that's really more of like having word of mouth when somebody says, Hey, who do you know who does landscaping in our neighborhood? That's where your clients, if they've had a good experience and they see that they're going to say, Oh, you got to work with Johnson landscapes. And they tag your Facebook page mm -hmm. and you have a bunch of reviews there. You've got photos. They click onto your website. They're like, yeah, these people check out. Yeah. Um, in, in my book, The Tree of Good Fortune, I, I, I have the foundation of digital marketing. And I've worked with, over at this point, over a thousand clients over the last 13 years. And what we found is prioritizing what I call the foundational four, which is your branding and differentiation. Why are you different? And that includes your process, um, your website, local SEO, and online reviews. When you have those four things, your branding, your website, your SEO, and your reviews, you get found online by potential customers. And between that and then actual offline word of mouth, most of my clients have more business than they can handle and they don't need to pay for online advertising. Yeah. Online advertising does have its place though because it takes time to build your website and your SEO and to get mm -hmm. all of those Google reviews. And you can turn on the ads and they start getting traffic sooner than later. But, but one time, Josh, I, I did an audit for a client who, who was spending $6,000 a month between Google AdWords and Facebook ads. And they were saying it wasn't working. So I kind of went, I went through my audit and I found that their website took 20 seconds to load. Oh, no shit. Wow. Okay. There's the problem. <laughs> right. You know, so yeah. like, I don't know about you, but I would not wait 20 seconds for like anything mm -mm. Um, on the internet. I, I just don't know why I would. So, so were the ads not working or was like their web, they were driving traffic to this thing that was broken and they had a three-star average on mm. Google. Ouch. You know, so like you can't, there's that saying, you can't put lipstick on a pig or mm. you, you can't polish a turd. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so in this case, like if you're a three-star company and your website is terribly slow, like you're probably not going to get very good results from Facebook or Google ads. Like yeah. you're just basically paying people to have a bad experience. <laughs> yeah. I hear that. <laughs> paying I, I, your, yeah. No, no, no. And I also yeah. hear, you know, I, I talk to people all the time about this and, you know, sometimes they'll reach out to a marketing agency and be like, uh, what should I do? I need more leads, right? That's like the, the goal is leads. So they just, they said, okay, well, we'll guarantee you hundred leads a month. Right. And I'm thinking like, maybe I can guarantee you hundred leads a month. Do you honestly think they're going to be that good? 
Right. So, and, and they're like, well, how many did you, I asked them, well, how many did you close? And they said, I don't know, a handful of them. Right. And yeah. Okay. If you're only spending a hundred bucks a month and you're mm. getting a hundred thousand dollar project, that's fine. You know, on those leads, but it's not that way. It's thousands. Right. right. And then you're like, all right, maybe that wouldn't bad, it'd be bad if it converted to a hundred thousand dollar project. But most of those people that the leads they're sending them are like a thousand dollars, $2,000 project, maybe something like that. So it's, it's well, yeah. careful. The, the other the other thing that I found in my own leads that I got through Facebook ads and then in in the leads that we generated for clients when we were running them is that people had like forgotten that they filled it out. I think I mean I mean mm-hmm. most people are using Facebook on their phone at night. They're kind of like passively using it. And if they fill out the request a quote thing and they forget about it, yeah. I don't know. That's I'm curious though. Have you found people that are getting good results from from paid from either AdWords or or Facebook? Because I know some people who are. Um, I just think when you when you think about what you could be spending it on, I think there are things that that'll generate a, a better result. I would agree. And you know, I know we all started out somewhere, right? Especially new startups are like, look, I don't know how to get into the game fast. So they want to just throw some money at the problem, right? So they're like, mm-hmm. all right, good. If I'm all over Facebook, that's great. But then the question is, what are you showing? Like, what are you showing people? Maybe it's uh, your best project, which might be cool for you, but maybe your clients that you want to work with aren't impressed by what you're showing, right? So my thought is always invest in the assets, right? Invest in amazing photography, invest in great videography, invest in all, even if they're small projects, maybe it's just your talking head then about becoming the the expert in your area, right? Talking through those kinds of things to start creating better, more uh, engaging content that you can then use as solid assets all over the place. And you can become, you can get that name that way. Uh, as, as opposed to saying, I don't want to get in front of a camera. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to take pictures of my work. I want somebody else. I just want to throw money at this problem. And I just want to make money. Then maybe you're in the wrong business because this is a very visual business. Totally. Yeah. The visual side is so important. Um, yeah. kind of basic stuff, right? And that yeah, to me goes yeah. into that foundational four of like having good photos on your yeah. website or, on your Facebook page, you know, and, and I think when you've been in business for a long time, the projects you want to sell now may be different and bigger than what you were selling five years ago or 10 years ago. And if all of your photos are from back in the day, then people think that's what you do. You get leads for that. So I call it, I call it pruning, right? Going through your Google listing, your Facebook, your Yelp, house, if you're using house and removing photos that are not as great and put up the the good ones even if they're just smartphone photos but for sure hiring a professional photographer is huge can can really it's not that stupid expensive either i mean a lot of people get scared to think it's going to cost them tens of thousands of dollars to do that and some guys are that expensive and probably worth every penny right but i know that we've never paid that much for it or just if you are more you know, artistic, maybe you just go buy a decent DSLR camera and you go out there and just start hammering on stuff, but just make sure it's not bright light. Go for the dimmer light in the afternoon, turn the lights on, put the fire pit on, make it look like something you just kind of happened upon. You're like, wow, I'd love to have that in my backyard. Like take some time, you know, this is going to be the future of your business. And to your point, if, if you're showing a bunch of paver walkways, front walkways, and you want to be an outdoor living company, you, it's, it's not going to, it's not going to translate. People are going to be like, wait, you say outdoor living, you talk about pools and decks and patios and fire features, yet you're showing me paver walkways and a couple of bush replacements and things like that. You know, it's like that they just don't jive. So they have to be in line. So maybe it is, you take a, you know, take that first project on and, and do it up even better. So you can get some great pictures, make sure you take care of Mrs. Jones. So you can take lots of great pictures of it and start pushing because people want what they see. And if they don't see it, they're not going to want it. 
Totally. Yeah, totally cool. So Jack, any parting thoughts here before we wrap up? You know, I, I think there it's easy to get overwhelmed with all of this stuff. We've talked about a lot, Facebook, Google mm-hmm. reviews. Um, I would, I would pick one thing and get it done. Right. And, and then move on to the next thing. So you, you can, you know, like your photos, that could be something that you work on for a couple weeks is like removing old photos and getting the new ones on. That would be a really high impact thing for not a lot of effort. Yeah. I love that. I love it. Jack. So if somebody love what you had to say out there, I'm sure many will, how do they find you? How can they engage with what you're doing? Well, you know, I'd love to send people a, a copy of, of the book, The Tree of Good Fortune. You can check that out at treeofgoodfortune.com. And also I run the Landscaper's Guide podcast. So if you're listening to this show and you enjoy podcasts, um, you could just search Landscaper's Guide wherever you listen to podcasts. It's also on YouTube um, or visit landscapersguide.com that has, that has links to, to everything else. I love it. Well, thank you, Jack, for all your uh, great wisdom that you bestowed upon us today. And, you know, everybody listening out there, you know, Jack's definitely available if you want to talk to him more about your marketing and uh, and to you know pick his brain about what you can do to, to really grow and explode your company, regardless of the economic conditions we're in. Because, you know, right now it's not looking as horrible as they originally thought. It looks like we're going to see a little bit better, um, you know, a little timing here is going to be a little bit better with everybody still working, which is great. Um now, if you guys have, like you heard earlier when Steve W. sent in his question, if you guys have questions that you'd love to have answered here on the podcast, send them in to us. You can send them to hello at yes.express. Again, that's hello at yes.express. Send them in. We'll take a look at them and I'll try to find people that can talk about those things to make sure we have some good context and, and information to help you solve problems that you're dealing with on a daily basis. So, uh, Jack, thank you again for coming on the show. And uh, everyone listening, thank you and see you next week.